0: Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Psychonauts 2, which is a game that was developed by Double Fine, published by Xbox Game Studios, and was released in 2021 on Windows, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Linux, and Mac OS. And uh, But first, if you could give us
1: a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated.
0: So, Psychonauts 2 is a platformer, and it is the sequel to Psychonauts. I'm getting all the very obvious things out of the way. Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about this, and it's something that we tend to avoid doing, but now I like the proximity between when we talked about Psychonauts, the original, and this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember if we knew that Psychonauts 2 was being released when we did that episode. We did, because we talk
1: about it a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Uh, I
1: re-listened to it today, because there were a couple of thoughts I had. Um, And one of them was, I could have swore, I never played this as a kid, because I did not own an Xbox, and I thought the game was an Xbox-exclusive game. Mm -hmm. And while doing some research today, I found out, the reason I thought that is because it was originally being funded by Microsoft, mm-hmm. but then they were taking too long and they cut all their funding, so they had to get it from somewhere else and it ended up on everything. Um, and there's a nice inverse with Psychonauts too, where they were crowdfunding it and then Microsoft came in and was like, we'll fund this and take as much time as you like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, and it is weird, like, seeing the Xbox Game Studio thing come up. On your PlayStation? (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) Double Fine is, at this point, like, a fairly well-established studio, and I say well-established in the sense that people know about them, Mm -hmm. because it seems like they're hemorrhaging money at all times. I
1: don't know if it's that they hemorrhage money so much as they only ever get just enough money to make the thing that they want to make and nothing more.
0: (laughs) Yeah and it's it's weird because, like the majority of games that they put out have been well received at least by like the core audience that they put them out for mm-hmm. uh so it's it is it's interesting that way, and I think part of it is like they have a certain desire to put out something that has a a production value, maybe a little higher than most like on the indie side studios do, yeah, it's probably those Lucas
1: roots, because mm-hmm. Lucas Arts has tons of cash. Uh, or they did when they were still a uh, game studio anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, like they it, um like when we talked about Hellblade, I can't remember the name of that studio.
0: It was uh, Team Ninja?
1: That sounds right. It has Ninja in the title, I think. Yeah. But uh they they had this whole thing they were like, "Oh, independent AAA, blah blah blah. Uh we can make a game that looks like this." Um but in I in my head, I feel like Double Fine like embodies that idea to me. Or it's, like, they really do make games like an independent developer does. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, a big part of the the Double Fine Adventure documentary where Tim Schafer is, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, (laughs) whenever they go behind closed doors and talk about the money, he's, like, fuck my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, like, it really seems like they are very, uh, for one reason or another, like, dead set on, like, continuing to do that until the Microsoft buyout.
0: yeah. Yeah, which is nice. Um, I mean, it's not nice because, you know, capitalism has a tendency (laughs) to not be very nice. But it was nice to see the Double Fine crew, so to speak, sort of come together on this. Because you had classic voice actors from, like, every single game that they've released independently. um, Both in the Psychonauts realm of uh, people like Richard Horwitz, who plays Rez. Uh, and is also known as you know just like a cartoon voice actor largely um but they get to bring back jack black and they get to bring back uh elijah wood and things like that like yeah, they... who
1: weren't in the first one right
0: and but did appear in subsequent double fine fine games over the over time yeah
1: i don't think it, I don't know what the first game Jack Black did a voice in, but I feel like ever since he did, he's been in all of their
2: games.
0: Yeah, I think the first one was um, Brutal Legend. Yeah. Uh, which is a game that tricks you into thinking it's going to be a cool <laughs> hack-and-slash game and then turns into an RTS, and then you cry about it because you bought it on a console. Uh, or maybe that's just me. hmm uh, But yeah, it was it was cool to see uh, sort of like the the evolution of this game via double fine sort of like trajectory over the years and to end up with Microsoft and making a game that actually seems like it was really well thought out and put together on a timeline that made sense for them. Uh, basically my final thoughts are that <laughs> I think this game is good. No, yeah. It, it was nice to see it's like, like
1: very satisfying to see psycho and get like the sequel it deserved. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like there is a universe where this turned out a lot worse because of crowdfunding and things like that. Not being able to get enough money to make something that looks this nice.
0: Yeah. Or plays as well yeah, as it does. Yeah, Um Which, I don't know where you want to begin. Um, but... <laughs> To me, like, the connection there between Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2 is one of the interesting things that struck me right away. Um, This game takes place, like, one day yeah I think,
1: like with the v r game included, it's like three days later after the first one,
0: yeah, like you are you begin the game on a plane ride back from the events of the rhombus of ruin v r game, yeah, and oh, then if which you, I never play it, yeah, like I if you hadn't played that, like the first
1: game ends with you getting on a plane with the psychonauts, so like you're none the wiser, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it does seem like he just kind of got on the plane and then mm-hmm. ended and in landed sli- in the, at the uh, <laughs> headquarters. Yeah, and they do make a couple of, like, cheeky cracks about it as well, like, throughout the game. Be like, oh, you don't remember blah? Is like, It just happened a couple days ago, and then Raz is like, yeah, it felt like 12 years or whatever.
1: Yeah, like... Uh, Oleander will be at the bar in the bowling alley and he'll say something about how he's reformed or whatever from what he did and he's like, that was just a few days ago. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, So yeah, there's there's a lot of sort of like little sly references that you kind of expect from Double Fine at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I imagine that uh, I probably will not include a big preamble about me complaining about Marvel movies, uh which is what we were recording as a sound test right before this uh-huh. uh, but it is it's weird to me because I do feel like there's like an expectation of uh the, like everything in this game is a joke, and it is something that I appreciate, or at least everything in the first game was a joke, and then everything in the second game you expect to be a joke and you're surprised when sometimes it isn't.
1: Yeah, the tone's a little bit more evened out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, This game kind of feels like what it is, which is a, a sequel being made by people who are 20 years older than when they made the first one. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit more
0: even-kiltered. Yeah, and it has, like... I, I mean, it has more mature themes, mm-hmm. but it would be difficult to... Just it's hard to talk about the themes of Psychonauts One because they're all very explicit. It's all just like this is like a representation of a particular mental illness and that was like how they went about making their levels. Yeah, it's it's more through
1: the like it, it almost feels like a more like nineties cartoon lens or like a comic book style thing where it like it revels in the creativeness of its like cool sci-fi premise, mm-hmm. and really does not get into like the idea of mental health at all, like beyond like a surface level, to kind of serve the cool premise. Right. Uh, and this one, yeah, like being like the culture we live in now, and the fact that everyone's older and wiser, uh, it it, it acknowledges that angle,
0: I think, like tastefully. Yeah, I agree because it it also doesn't tackle it in the way that like the after school special does. Like it's not like at the end of Psychonauts two they say, "Well, haha, we had a great time here tonight," but and then go into like some kind of uh, moralistic thing. It it throws up a warning at the beginning that's like there's going to be depictions of mental health in this game, etc. Um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. and then it just does a Psychonauts thing. And the Psychonauts thing is to use those as sort of pastiche as they design a level loosely based around that and the personality. And it's something that we talked about really liking in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the levels to be weaker from a... How do I say this? The Weaker from like a purely design perspective, like the big picture. But I also found this game to be so much more mechanically than the first game was that it didn't bother me at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think I know what you're getting at because in my head, the way I was thinking about it was, and I apologize uh, to myself mostly, but if, uh, I'm going to go with the Dark Souls <laughs> reference here. Um, I remember, I think it was off cast, we were just talking about Dark Souls 3 once and being like, I feel like the boss lineup... In this game is probably the most consistent Mm -hmm. and probably the best quality of the series, but it feels like maybe as a result, less of them are memorable. And I think that's the approach this game has like I feel like the quality is like pretty consistently like very good across them all. But it doesn't feel like any of them stand out like a lot of them did in the first game. Yeah, there's this game does not have a milkman <laughs> conspiracy equivalent. Correct.
0: I feel like it has one level that tries for it, um, in the the psy king's sensatorium, mm. um, but doesn't get there. Like, and even like like psy kings is a much more enjoyable level to platform through and it's it's pretty ambitious too i think yeah i totally agree with that um but then like milkman just leaves a bigger impression yeah uh, yeah it, it,
1: it had more of that like edge to it the first game did like like i was thinking about this like um thinking back on it, like playing this game made me a little nostalgic for the first one, even though I just played it like,
0: <laughs> like a year or two, ago, years, two ago years ago. Or, yeah.
1: Um, but like, yeah, it, it has a lot of that, like, oh, like, yeah, as I said, like that edge and like that kind of like uh personality and like, I don't know, there's just like a roughness to it that gives it some charm. And this definitely doesn't have that, but it's good in different ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's, a good way of putting it i think the the lack of an edge cuz uh th- this it feels like a much safer game in a lot yeah. of ways um especially from like a mechanical design perspective it's a lot less safe if you consider like including gay people to be unsafe mm. which you would ha- like if you spend any time in the video games circles sometimes that can be a little dangerous but uh but it, it does; it plays it pretty, pretty straight.
1: Yeah, now I, I think they did that very well. Um, the the gay representation, because uh, like they don't talk about it, mm-hmm. and I think that's like makes it feel really like organic. And I think people who might roll their eyes or like not be happy with that sort of thing, um, would probably be more accepting of it that way because mm-hmm. like they can just kind of like roll right on past
0: it. <laughs> On a big levitation, ball. yeah. On ball. a big levitation ball. So, uh-huh. like, I,
1: I think they played it pretty smart. Where it's like the representation is there, and it it's pretty impactful that scene. Yeah. Um. So, like, I think it's like, yeah, it's really well done. Is all I'm trying to say. I think they walked that tightrope, <laughs> just just right.
0: Yeah. I mean, because obviously the goal at any point is just to make. Like, I'd be surprised if people got outraged about that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is and this is coming from the the development team led by Mister Shitface. Uh, isn't it mr shithand mr shit yeah i think it is mr <laughs> shithand classic anagram of tim, <laughs> tim Schaefer. no it's got to be no well uh, no the f the f there it is shitface. okay uh <laughs> my favorite mean-spirited joke about tim Schaefer aside though uh the goal always is just sort of like make your representative characters feel like real fucking people like they are uh and this game does a tremendous job yeah make it it. more incidental and like don't lampshade it yeah so we got a lot of good shit uh to get through i think Mm -hmm. um do we want to talk about levels from a mechanical perspective first and then just kind of see where it takes us sure all right um or do you want to talk about psi powers? <laughs> Let's talk about levels. Um, <laughs>
1: I think they will easily branch into each other, so it doesn't matter what order.
0: Yeah, it does seem seem like the true way to go about it. Um, so yeah, this game's tutorial level is <laughs> was the most infuriating level <laughs> for me, but like coming into it, having played Psychonauts one as recently as I had. Okay. Oh, is it because it kept moving you to places and you couldn't go back and get the
1: collectibles?
0: Yeah, and there's a ton of stuff that was, like, obvious foreshadowing for when you could come back with a better ability to do something. Yeah. And I just, like, wasn't able to at yeah. the time. Yeah, it's somebody who's very the opposite of you when it
1: comes to that stuff. They did do it really heavy-handedly, heavy-handedly mm. and it stood out to me as well.
0: It's weird, because, like, especially, like, the uh, the Dark Thoughts. Um, yeah
1: they like, got like two spots where those are or those are there
0: yeah and it's like right there and I can see the figment that I want to pick up oh so badly and I was like I guess I can't do it yet gotta come back later uh, but I do want to shout out this tutorial level is very is pretty light on the tutorial uh, as far as like it getting its points across go and I really appreciate that uh, what I don't appreciate is that the fucking... The weird, the tool tips are, Mm. uh, like, I guess, like, area triggers. So even when you come back at max level in the game, they'll still be like, press the R2 button to pop out the levitation ball. Yeah, there are a couple of spots
1: even later game where they put those in there and they show up every single time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one of those unfortunate things yeah. uh, that happens in some games, <laughs> and luckily it doesn't happen too much in this. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Last Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. No, I actually I thought that this level was like a really great vertical slice and like a pretty great like um representation of like what I liked about the first game. Like it. it it, not just gameplay but also like yeah, kind of like that tone and that pacing like it's snappy it does feel like a comic book like true psychic tales or whatever right comics raz reads um it's just really stylish and they do like a, a thing that was like in all the trailers where like lobato keeps extending the hallway as raz runs down it like mm. there's some cool moments and visuals uh you get everybody working as a team which yeah. is really satisfying uh so, yeah, I, I it got me pumped up.
0: Oh, for sure. I uh, Yeah, all the things that I said not to minimize the effectiveness of the actual level. And it is it continues um, the thing that happened in the last level of Psychonauts 1, which is where you had two brains sort of, like, mm-hmm. intermixing. So you had the office building stuff that was, like, an implant, and then the teeth and shit that were... Uh, Specifically, uh, is his name Dr. Lobato? Yeah, Lobato. Good, good joke. Good sticks joke mm-hmm. that aged extremely well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you get that, like, that melding of, of, uh, topography that's really nice. Um, and by nice, I mean gross as hell. Yeah, they, they could put it in the veins and stuff <laughs> and the gums. Yep. Real gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like the tutorial on this game, um, which is not something I get to say a lot, because I feel like games kind of shy away from tutorials these days, mm-hmm. and it's it's nice to see one that, like, knows what it's doing. This is obviously an experienced team.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like they really do a great job of, like, updating or modernizing the first game. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like What If Psychonauts, but made now. <laughs> Uh, like really well, like I feel like in the way that like the the writing is in the way like the gameplay is and in all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, like it having like a classic
0: tutorial level just felt right. <laughs> I wanted to jump around a bit um, here, but I immediately fell into the trap of being like, oh, right. Uh, the very next level actually also has something really cool about it. Uh, In the form of the like, I think this game does a really good job of getting like the overall concepts of things and uh, giving you reasons to like making sure that you understand the levels and what they represent. And the fact that uh, the that Hollis's level starts with you making this connection in her mind and that is what changes it. it snowballs, the, yeah, and it changes it to that to the second half of of her level uh, is just really good. I really liked that as like a whole concept, and kind of wish that it had been taken a little further. Yeah, and it it
1: reinforces her backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, like in her mental vaults, you find that like she fucked around with someone else's brain. And, like, you see that, like, you just changing one thing did this much. Uh-huh. And, like, the you know, so it puts into perspective,
0: like, what she did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've actually read people online complaining about how Raz was, like, so apologetic and he lost, like, how much of a badass he was. <laughs> and I was, like, he's, like, ten. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, and one thing I didn't even think about until I was reading some reviews are, like, that's, like, because I was thinking it of it like mechanically. I'm like it's really weird that they have the mechanic of the mental connections do all this cool stuff in this level mm-hmm. and then after this it's just like a zip between points thing. But then like um someone pointed out it makes total sense narratively because Raz messing with her mind and like fucking it up causes him to like change uh his opinion of like his powers and after that he always asks everybody before he goes into their head right yeah. and like i didn't even notice that so i thought that was cool that there was a reason for that
0: i did notice that he asked everyone before he went in um but i did not notice It just seemed like common brain courtesy yeah right? but like
1: he because in the first game he just like jumps into anybody's head yeah uh that he feels like there would be um, scenes where he like throws
0: the fucking yeah door. when they're not looking yeah you know?
1: <laughs> uh and then yeah he does the same to hollis uh like to, so that they can go on the mission mm-hmm. and then it has negative consequences and he learns a lesson
0: yeah it's yeah it's really good uh, sort of like evolution there. I never would have made the connection I guess the pun, mental connection pun kind of intended there <laughs> uh the uh, between like that event and not using the mental connection in the same way. but it does one of my favorite things uh in a game like this, and we'll talk about what kind of a game this is here in a bit, but uh where it takes this thing that you have a mechanical or narrative like express purpose for in this case, the mental connection and allows you to play around with it a little bit and sandbox it because you can make mental connections between the words in the brain other than the ones that are story required. Uh, And there's an achievement for if you like connect anger with socks and sandals, it like, it's like everyone hates socks and sandals. (laughs) And she goes on this big fucking like rant about it. And it's good. It's funny. It's got good jokes. Um, and she has like, I imagine they kept her in the studio for a good while, (laughs) just recording really dumb lines to say when you connect certain things. Mm -hmm. One of my personal favorites being, I can't believe people prefer open casket funerals. It's just such a bizarre string. (laughs) Uh, to,
1: to shift topic a little bit, um... I liked Hollis's levels a lot, mm-hmm. but they did make me think about um, when we talked about Kentucky Route Zero. We talked about uh, the first episode of that game, because it's an episodic game. Uh, and we said that it felt like it sets up for a game that then doesn't happen because mm-hmm. um, it goes in a different direction. And I kind of felt like Hollis's levels did that for me in this, but to a lesser extent. All right. Because you get to the psycho, you do the tutorial level, you get to the psychonauts headquarters, and then you get knocked down a peg, and you get made an intern, and you get picked on, and it introduces all these new kids. It introduces Hollis, and like you're in the internship program, you have to go to her classroom. It's like it sets up all this new stuff, and then you do her levels. And then it just feels like it's back to the way it was in the first one where it's like Raz goes off on his own and he interacts with all the old members of the Psychonauts and he goes into their heads. And then unless you do like the side content and stuff is where those side characters now have the presence. Right. Uh, same thing with Raz's family. It felt like they yeah, they were just relegated to like side content. And it just felt really weird to me. It was like all these new characters and they feel like they get sidelined.
0: Yeah. I like... This is one of those things where I have to sort of, like, exercise a bit of empathy for the the regular person, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I saw, like, as soon as they introduced Raz's family, uh, which is, like, right after that level. um, it It puts them in a category within your menu called optional missions. Mm-hmm. And it's super weird to me, now especially having played the game... like to its conclusion that i guess theoretically you can go through the whole game without ever going out to the to the questionable area and talking to them like the only time that you have to go out there for anything main quest is just to get into the woods Mm -hmm, to get get the bee.
1: i think going and meeting them there is part of the main quest like you just have to like find them right but then you don't have to everything else is optional um, but yeah, like, you know, I did like uh, some of the side content, like I, I engage with it and like those characters definitely have a presence in the game, mm-hmm. but they don't do anything in the story.
0: Yeah. And that's extremely weird. Like the, they have to be there, especially to draw the connection at the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. but they don't they, they don't play a big role they basically tell them to go fuck off to the yeah. woods and they just do yeah like uh the it's like the the kids in the
1: in the internship program it's like you have this whole part at the end of Hollis's level where everybody works together and almost kind of feels like a Sly Cooper mission or something it's mm-hmm. like it feels like uh really cool set piece you know characters popping in in a little like action thought bubble thing and uh just really really cool and exciting and then those characters just go away and they come <laughs> back at the end and i'm like i don't remember like half of their names <laughs> like and half is probably being charitable
0: yeah they really end
1: up and they
0: all have cool designs
1: mm-hmm. like i don't I just it just was so weird how little those characters were used
0: yeah and it, it they make connections as well between the first and second game with some of those characters like I know Sam is uh Dogan's daughter and also the brother of uh well he just goes by no Dogan I forget what the last name is no mm-hmm. Dogan is the kid right, right. who has the exposed brain with the glass dome in the first game uh and they're related and also like one of the psychic six is their uh, father, right, and like there, there are things like that where it's like there's, there's obviously some import placed on these characters, uh, especially at the very end because what's her name shows back up, and is like spying on the secret meeting, and then runs and goes get and gets everybody else so that there can be a big thing where a tidal wave happens. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's very interesting like story-wise if you know the characters but you probably don't. Yeah. Like I think most people would not. Um but it also parlay's a bit into I really thought that they fleshed out the side content in the real world of this game just so much better than they did it in the first one.
1: Oh yeah. Like 1000% better. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah that was one of the things I found disappointing about the first one is that it starts out feeling like it has like a proper hub world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even like good 3d platformers made now just are just decide not to have them uh, for some reason. (laughs) Um, And then like, as it goes along, like it really just kind of felt like it petered out in the first one. And this one, it's like an actual,
0: hub world yeah it's great and it's it's got enough stuff going on in it that you can sort of like spend a little bit of time in between and pick up stuff as you go and have a lot of it last until the end game Mm -hmm. Um, which is not what i did of course but that middle chunk of the game
1: opens up in such a way where you can go to um there's the two labs across Mm -hmm. the lake and it's like you can you're incentivized to like take your time and explore uh, before you go and talk to those guys, so it 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 is well placed, I think, when that opens up.
0: Yeah, and it it makes the game feel. You just said the word "paced," and I was like trying to like <laughs> go around it, but I can't. It feel it makes the game feel more well paced because of its existence, even though it is entirely optional. Yeah, it feels more modern because mm-hmm. I remember going and doing a lot of the the uh, optional stuff in the outdoor area. Um, in like all of those zones and I did it before I did any of Ford's levels. And then yeah. when I went back and did Ford's levels at the end of the, at the third one, it's like, you know, uh, make sure you have everything wrapped up here. If that you want to do right at this very moment, because like, you're not going to come back to this for a little while. And I was like, that feels right. Cause I spent like a huge amount of time outside of doing the main levels uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably close to the end of the game now. And then it just takes you to another hub area, yeah, and there's, like, several yeah. more levels. I remember you mentioning that to me as you were playing it. You were like, I don't
1: feel like I'm, like, that far into the game for it to tell me that. I still don't <laughs> have one of the merit badges. And I was like, I don't remember it telling me that when I got there. Uh, and I don't know, maybe they put, like, they put out a patch when I was in the middle of playing it, that, like, quality of life patch. So maybe they took that out. I guess it's possible.
0: It still seems
1: weird. Or maybe I didn't notice it. Right. But, like, I
0: really don't feel like the game told me that. It's not... It, it makes sense for it to not be there because it isn't a point of no return. No, it definitely isn't. Yeah. There isn't one in the game. Like, there isn't a point of no return at all because at the end of the game you do just get spit back out and can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but if you were going to call one that, it would be before you go into Nick Johnsmith. Right and they do give you another warning at that point,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: so they were very careful to make sure that you did not accidentally progress the game without wanting to right um but yeah it was it was uh it it felt well paced and very bulky because there was that like additional content in the big open area, and I'm probably speaking as me just because it's what I like to do, yeah, so.
1: No, yeah, it's definitely, like, uh, yeah, just, as I said, very well placed in there, uh, where it just feels organic to go and do some extra stuff at that point.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah, because, like, in the original game, that would have been, like, when you had the Linda interstitial, as we called it, (laughs) uh, and then it just, like, goes to, like, it would be, like, if it cut straight from uh, Ford's level, like, you took that part out. You went straight from Hollis's levels to Ford's levels and then to the second hub area where like Cassie and uh uh what's his name are Bob. Yeah, Cassie and Bob. Yeah. It's like adding that in the middle there like really like fills it out.
0: Yeah. Juices it up. It juices it
1: up. It's much <laughs> juicier. <laughs> It's
0: juicy in the middle, just like Nick John Smith. Uh, I'm glad that, that you made me think about this, because I was actually struggling to remember what even the next level of the game was. That The Hollis part of this game is kind of giant. Like, yeah. it's been a yeah. ton of time. And that I think that adds to that feeling of, like, it feels like that's really
1: representative of what this game's going to be like. Uh-huh. And then it just kind of goes back to, like, more in line with the first one. Yeah. Uh but yeah, after Hollis you get um Compton.
0: Compton yeah, yeah, the cook-off, yeah, yeah, the cook off. Yeah. The cook off level and then Ford's levels. Which I didn't what did you think about Compton Bull's cook off? I liked the level.
2: hmm
0: Um the
1: boss fight I didn't like so much. Um but I don't know, like it was fun. Like I feel like it was just long enough. That it, like, if it would have like gone longer, I feel like the gimmick probably would have worn thin for me. Yeah, but I thought it was like a fun difference in kind. It maybe it came a little too early in the game.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that is. Well. That's probably
1: the only thing bad I'd say about it.
0: Yeah, there was. It was definitely something that was interesting, which is why I'm sort of like hesitant to say whether I did or did not like it. Yeah,
1: like, I I really liked glorious theater in the original game, mm-hmm. and one of the things I really liked about it is that it was a small area yes. that was really densely packed, and this level also has that going on.
0: Yeah, and it had, like, a little bit of a... I don't want to... I, I hesitate to call it a mini-game, but, like, it had it had its, like, light-world, dark-world element to it. Um, yeah. And it was more of, like, a puzzle-solving zone um, than most of the other areas in that game. So I can see the connection here. Uh, this is less of a puzzle thing and more of just a figure out what all of this stuff does um but I, i'm pretty medium on it it's it's probably one of my list less, less preferred levels yeah
1: it might actually be my least favorite but <laughs> i i thought all the levels were good mm-hmm. i feel
0: like there's no there's no stinkers in this one i have one stinker and oh, It might yeah. just be a me opinion uh and it's it's coming up next It's okay. ford's bowling alley. oh thing. the bowling alley yeah
1: yeah, I actually I kind of think of all of the four levels as one level. Sure, um, but no, yeah, I think that's actually a good call. That's <laughs> that's down there too. I probably would have liked it
0: less if I didn't get all the figments my first go through. Oh yeah, I uh, honestly like going back for figments it wasn't a huge deal. I I thought that I really liked the part where you had to scale the the unfinished building. ...on Mm -hmm. the ball. Like, that is an interesting challenge. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of the level was just like, oh, you're going too fast... So you got to, like, navigate a turn with jumps and stuff. And yeah. it's like, this I, isn't, the game isn't built for this.
1: Yeah, there were so many um, of the ball returns mm-hmm. that I found, like, it was actually, like, I would fry a thing <laughs> and I'd be like, this seems a little too hard. Like, I don't want to roll across this neon sign. Mm-hmm. I just jumped off the ball and just ran across it. And, <laughs> and I, I could, I could just ball. do that. <laughs> so I was like, that might be the big brain play.
0: Uh, that was definitely the big brain. Yeah. I did the smooth brain play of staying <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> uh, My brain is smooth like a bowling ball. Yeah, no, that's a good call out. Uh, but also, I didn't. If we do want to lump Ford together, uh, and I don't mean for discussion purposes, <laughs> I mean just for this hypothetical, uh, uh, then Ford is probably the weakest brain for me because I think that I liked his letter game level oh yeah yeah the mail sorting yeah a little bit more than the cook-off but i think it brings it's like my second or third least favorite thing i
1: I liked that one and i think it might just be a nostalgia thing because it made me think of tiktok clock from mario 64 (laughs) like it felt very mario to me Mm -hmm. like that idea of like all the mail flying around
0: and I hate TikTok clocks. So yeah, that's probably yeah. what it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is a very hard level. Mm-hmm. Um, that is actually not a Mario 64 hot take. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I liked that one, and I liked the hair
0: cutting one too. That one I think is good. Yeah, just genuinely, it did have the the lice section. The first oh, lice yeah. section took me a long time to figure out because I. C- you hit I guess. the button, yeah,
1: yeah, like I swear I tried that like three times and just missed the button, right, so it took me a while too,
0: yeah, but that that seems more like a I mean it's either a readability problem on the levels part, which is like a fairly minor complaint, I yeah, think. I think that's what it is, yeah, or it's us being dumb, in which case we can't really okay little yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i i like that those levels were short
1: though like Mm -hmm. there's something about that like once again like i i just felt like really good pacing to me where it's like you just did hollis's level which was really long Mm -hmm. and it felt good to have like a handful of short ones all in a row
0: yeah to me they are yeah i like that they're short and i understand the resistance to doing a short level in a game like this mm-hmm. because it does seem like they put a ton of effort into making them as visually distinct as possible. So it represents a lot of work to have like a bunch of little short levels. Mm-hmm. Um but they do this. They have your your tutorial level, a bigger level, and then four kind of small levels because sandwiched in the middle there, you have the game's the biggest giant yeah. level. Uh, no, I mean uh, oh. uh the psychings, yeah, gotcha, yeah, which has its, its like, own hub world and fast <laughs> yeah. travel system, but
1: uh, just oh, just you made me think there that like that's right when they give you the hub world mm-hmm. is when they give you the shorter levels, and that also feels like it goes together, yeah, that's true, yeah.
0: Uh, so do but yeah, you yeah. sandwich between the two biggest levels, yeah, right? It's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So do we do we want to tackle that sensatorium then? Sure. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know if it's my favorite or not. It, I don't think that it's mine. Like, I love that it's cell shaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, like it, the difference in visual like isn't that dramatic, but like it's just enough that it really pops like it really does look like one of those psychedelic posters that's all over uh the level. It's a classic black um,
0: light poster. Yeah,
1: I just I like the whole idea of like putting the band back together and the band is all like just weird body parts. <laughs> uh Yeah, I it's it's really like putting it's like it's really emblematic I think of like what's great about Psychonauts. Like it's just such a cool concept and they, like the it leans into that art direction like, the uh, the standout part is when it pulls a Mario Galaxy and, like, you walk around a curved uh, part of the level and you crest over it to see, like, the giant eyeball statue, like, sitting in, like, the uh, meditation pose yeah, on the horizon. Like, it's just so cool. And that one, you also have Jack Black talking to you the whole time, uh, which is pretty fun.
0: I uh, I wanted to to mention this, but I actually have now totally I've forgotten and in addition I was not able to quickly find it. Um yeah, having Jack Black talk to you is is great, but also all of the other like having the other members of the Psychic Six represented as like all of these other little characters. And, And you might not notice it right away. Yep. Is really, really good. I think that they did a super good job of uh like making that fun and also having uh like a, a good banter like a da- this is the most you ever get to spend with these characters together because at the end of the game it's only like a pretty brief scene mm. with all of them it's action-y. Back. yeah and so you get this like nice minute of like even before you're like explicitly told who they are mm-hmm. to see how they interact and what they say and do and it's it's just good shit yeah it's great it's great <laughs> shit <laughs> it's
1: great shit even yeah i just i just feel like they could you couldn't do the concept better mm-hmm. of like a psycho nights level that's like a psychedelic uh you know like acid trip mm-hmm. 60s thing ride around in a little van on the map god what it was the name for it it was clever was it just the feel mobile it might have been the film of it. So, Yeah, I just,
0: I don't know. Just really good. Yeah. But uh, I was trying to remember the, uh, there's a line of dialogue that you can get, and I don't know if it's something that you have to go to a specific place to trigger or not, but you can talk to um, the hand guy, mm-hmm. Otto like, analog, and he'll be like, like, Raz asks if his name. If he sh- If he's thought about changing his name. Because his name I, is like. Mr. Feelings. Or, so, or Mr. <laughs> Feely. Or something. Uh-huh. And he just lists off a progressively worse and worse list <laughs> of like. Suggestive, horrible names for somebody who is a big hand. Uh-huh. And. Uh, it's. It's super fucking funny. And it really embodies sort of like. Because the the main like the the enemy they introduce in that game is is the panic attack which like blacks everything out and it's this very like hectic sort of fight um as where you get obviously the time stop ability which i think you've already mentioned Mm -hmm. um and so it 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 has this like really harsh introduction and then immediately is just like the most like colorful nonsensical (laughs) part of the whole game uh, if this, I don't think this is my favorite level, but it's got to be close to it. The yeah. platforming feels really natural in it, also.
1: Yeah, like I think, uh, like the the last couple of levels are all my favorite, um, much like the first one, um, but I, I think this one, the Sensatorium, had it was a longer level, but it I felt like it never had a part that I disliked or like a moment where I was like. I don't know. It just was fun the whole way through. Yeah. And I feel like that it is my favorite now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a good time. Uh, do we want to like, let's take a, a pause. Cause I think this is mm-hmm. the point where we're about to jump into the second, like half of the game essentially, mm-hmm. which is three levels, but they take a long, long time to do. Yeah. Um, And talk about sort of because that unlocks that level unlocks that time stop ability that now we've both mentioned and Mm -hmm. now it's just repeating it sounds bad, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's debatably one of the more significant um, new abilities that you get in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not debatably. It's really strong. It's a really good ability, and it works surprisingly well. There's a ton of little things that are planted in the game to like make you think about. Like oh what do I do to get past this obstacle or whatever? It's a really fast water wheel and shit. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, what point does that serve? It's like oh yeah, because you can then freeze and climb up on it. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly a little disappointed in how it got implemented as far as like actual platforming goes. Mm-hmm. Though I guess I don't really know what to do other than slow down something moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but you unlock a few new abilities in this game that um weren't in the first one uh and i was wondering like what what was your hot bar what did it look like for most of the game uh
1: my hot bar was uh levitation was on l2 always because that's where it started and i never moved it mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh and then i had usually a psi blast on r1 pyrokinesis on r2 and then l1 was usually (sighs) try i can't remember what was on l1 but that was one of the ones i would swap i would always swap l1 and r2 out for other things Mm. uh but i tried to keep like a, a main like two or three in as often as possible to minimize switching
0: yeah i felt I basically did. You had like the the goofy stance version of what I did, <laughs> uh, which no, oh, you had it the other way. Yeah, like I, mine was R two levitation because that's where it started in the original yeah, second. See, I, had... I didn't
1: remember that. I just <laughs> I just knew that
0: I left it where it started in that one, and that's what I did in this one. Yeah, I had cyblast on R one at all times. Yeah. and then L one and L two were my like flex spots that I put whatever. Um, for, like, combat and stuff, I, there's, like, very little reason to use things like mental connection. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there are pins was, uh... that make them better in combat. It but... was
1: the telekinesis, just the hand. to pick oh, up yeah, and yeah. Throw it was what I usually kept on L1.
0: One of the better pins, because uh, I experimented with a bunch of the pins, and so many of them are, like, really limited in their use. Mm-hmm. One of the better ones I found was there's a, a TK, a telekinesis upgrade, that is just, like you can just always throw stuff. Like, even if there's not an object, you just pick something up off the ground. And it actually makes telekinesis useful and not the one that I hated <laughs> switching to because I had to be like, oh, I gotta do the one, the single telekinesis puzzle in this area. So I go over, getting a menu if I can mm. put it in. Um, yeah,
1: I liked throwing things at enemies with it. That it, makes I, sense. I just had the habit of using it from the first one, right? I think.
0: I think I just didn't use it there either. <laughs> oh so. yeah. Um. But yeah,
1: okay. but yeah. Like, you, sw- you would swap in uh mental connections all the time, and then once you got time, slow down. That also came in a lot. So
0: yeah, yeah. The time bubble is probably uh my favorite new addition, just because it it feels like it's very versatile.
1: Yeah, that. It it's one of those things where it's like I feel like they did a really good job with the new abilities cuz it's like hard to remember what they're replacing. Right. Yeah, like mental connections and the time bubble both felt like
0: perfect additions. I agree. And when we haven't talked about the level where you get it yet, but projection felt kind of weak to me. Oh, the little uh your little draw guy. Your little guy. clone guy. Mm-hmm. See, to me
1: that felt like it just suffered from last unlocked ability syndrome mm-hmm. where because it is like la- it's like unlocked in like the second to last level so it doesn't get a lot of time to be used
0: mm-hmm. and that's true but even when they do use it i feel like it's not fleshed out really. yeah you is... pull some levers <laughs> you pull levels and you can go in mail slots and that's that's
1: pretty much but it. I like the idea. Like, if they made a Psychonauts 3 and they didn't bring that one back to, like, try and flesh it out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I would be disappointed.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we did haven't talked about clairvoyance.
0: Oh, yeah, clairvoyance. The
1: uh, continual... Making a return from the first one. <laughs> and uh, they did make an effort to make it more useful, but it still proves to not
0: be very useful. <laughs> <laughs> to uh to piggyback on that a bit, one of, the thing that they did to make it more useful is that they would occasionally give you little like money caches mm-hmm. where you can like if you if somebody has an icon above their head, you can use clairvoyance on them. And then they also put it in one of the enemy types. Yeah, it's um not
1: panic attacks. Bad moods. Bad moods, that's it. Um Yeah, that was one thing I was gonna mention is um In like the the, uh the merit badge abilities the power ups whatever you want to call them feel like they're much better implemented in this because I feel like they didn't really use them in the enemy designs in the original right and they it's obvious they made a clear effort to do that in this one and it just it makes the
0: combat just a lot better yeah it feels a lot more dynamic yeah I think it has a bit of a weakness when it feels like you're switching mid combat a lot Mm, yeah but. I can, basically, I didn't think that for 90% of the game until they introduced bad moods. And then immediately I was like, you mean I have to use clairvoyance? (laughs) And immediately (laughs) I was like, no, fuck that. Towards the end of the game, yeah,
1: it is kind of tough. Because you'll have to switch out. Like, a judge will come out. So you're like, okay, I need telekinesis to throw his hammer at him. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, "Uh, I need the pyrokinesis for the blob guys. And I need the time stop for the panic attacks. And you're like, uh, oh, this switch everything out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're
0: not going to take levitation off. Yeah. Even though it does nothing. in yeah, combat, You never take that off yeah. <laughs> or you will die. There is like somebody from double fine listening to this right now. Like, <laughs> Why did, Why is everyone so fucking attached to Levitation? It's like, you're complaining that you couldn't use four powers, and it's because you v- physically had four spots and weren't using them. Mm-hmm. But no, you don't. You don't ever take away telekinesis. Let me talk about telekinesis briefly. And I think we'll, we'll just take a break yeah. and come back and we'll talk about the rest of the levels and shit. But I wanted to complain about telekinesis, which is blasphemy. <laughs> I but, don't know about that. <laughs> I think there is a single change that they could make to this game and it would become like almost as good of a platformer as like a Mario game. Because I feel like this game focuses on different things. It isn't a Mario game. It's not It's not even really a big rooms games. It's no. like a small rooms games. Yeah, it's more about dense
1: level. It's more Banjo-Kazooie than it is Mario.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, like, little individual areas that have, like, their own solutions, and once you figure it out, then you're on to the next thing. Um, But I think this game works really well as a -a collect-a-thon, more so than the original game did. Mm -hmm. But Telekinesis has this, like, little speed bump to it as being, like, a, a, a badge power. I feel like if they had put it on, like, a face button that was just, like, your run button was to pop up on the ball... Because when you play a Mario game, like just think like a two D Mario game, you press the run button and then you're running faster. At the end. <laughs> like it, does, he <laughs> doesn't have to play an animation. And I even like the way that levitation changes your physics because it's it's dynamic. It's interesting, um, but it's it's like a little bit awkward to put on, and you can't really just use it in basic platforming because they have like your jump height and length sort of decided when they build the platforming. So if I want to go across some steps quickly, I can't use levitation or I can, but it's awkward and hard Mm -hmm. because your jump now has a different arc and thing to it. Um, I don't know if this is a fixable problem in terms of, or if it is a problem to anyone at all that isn't me. But I felt like it would have been, especially going back for all the collectibles and stuff, it would have been interesting to see it like more of a natural part of your movement than it is.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, it does feel like there's a button mapping like solution in there that could make it feel a little bit more natural. Like your punch attack is just square. That's not like, you don't have to equip telekinesis <laughs> to do that. Right. Um, so yeah, something like that where if one of the abilities could be mapped to a face button, it would help a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, levitation feels like the one, like the candidate that makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. Especially if your play test group is us. Yeah. well, <laughs> We think that and... we talked about this on the first game and on this one. Yeah. Levitation never moved. <laughs> like it just had to be there. It, it
1: just, it ties into your jump. Yeah. Like, you always want to have it.
0: Mm-hmm. It gives you the little your float ability, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, your long jump is essentially that. Like run, long jump, and the I guess the flood would be the Mario counterpart. Sure. Uh, like these are all like tr- traditional sort of platformer abilities, but then then they're tied to a power up. Uh, oh, and your high jump as well, because you get the yeah the you off ball of upgrade. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's. I don't know. It's such a good mechanic mm-hmm. that I. If it was like what I'm complaining about is <laughs> if they could make a good mechanic perfect. Yeah, which might be a little bit like pie in the sky, but it did. It felt like that. It, it was like it's still the best by a million miles, and honestly it would be improved by one clairvoyance usefulness if it <laughs> if it was changed. So just the smallest amount the tiniest amount of usefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, that's my bit that I I did on on Levitation. I think you could almost take out the punch move. Yeah.
1: And 'cause like <laughs> and and then just make square like the levitation ball button.
0: Mm-hmm yeah because like i mostly
1: shot things if i'm being yeah, honest <laughs> it, i feel like it's just the way that the combat's designed at least for me it always feels better to like fight at range and mm-hmm. i'm me who loves <laughs> melee combat and yeah. like never does range
0: <laughs> i true. i do
1: range like i love setting things on fire and shooting them
0: uh with psi blasts yep Oh, yeah. Pyro so much better in this game than it was. Oh, yeah. When you get it all the way upgraded and mm-hmm. it's huge. We well, even like in the first game,
1: it just like selected something. Yeah, like, it, just it highlighted thing a target. And it. Yeah, it had like a little temperature
0: meter that filled up. Yeah, this being an AoE and the explosion radius being visualized, yeah, I think it's, it's much really better. Bought, yeah, so good. It felt really good to go back and burn those paintings. Yeah. And,
2: uh...
0: <laughs> and then there's all those little times where like you can light a fire and like a cute thing will happen. Mm hmm stuff like that or you light a fire and then you use the only better psychic power levitation to fly up in in the air air. yeah oh god um would you want to light a fire under the rest of this podcast (laughs) after After the the break? break i sure do all right Welcome back. Uh, we took a break sort of like smack dab in the middle of the game. So it seems mm. like it was a good choice. <laughs> Congratulations. Hand, round of applause for us. All right. Good job. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, after you get through the Ford Crawler part of the game, you get spit out in an entirely new hub world, um, which has basically two levels and then the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, these levels were pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it contains what I think is my actual favorite level in the game, which is Cassie's collection. Yeah, that's the other contender for
1: me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about it where it felt like maybe there were a little, a few too many ideas in there for me. Like, because I, I liked the. The main part of the library a lot, but then like it felt like shifting to like uh the the city part mm-hmm. with like the ocean of the ink and everything. Well, that part was cool. It almost kind of felt like a scrapped part of a different level <laughs> that they kind of tacked onto this,
0: yeah, a little bit it
1: felt like visually a little bit different than the rest of it. But that's a minor complaint. It's still a great level.
0: Yeah, if I have a complaint about Cassie's collection, is that it is a bit over long. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very long level. Um, but you'll notice, dear listener, that JJ did not come running back to the <laughs> podcast to do an episode about Psychonauts two, um, and I wish that I could, in good conscience, recommend a platformer to JJ. Because, but this would be the level that i tried to yeah, sell online it's on. like the last one of the last ones yeah <laughs> because i feel like there's a lot of humor in here that's just really really well done the the thing that jumps out at one of my favorite lines in the whole thing and i don't know why this stuck with me so much i think it was just how unnecessary it was is there's a there's like a whole section of this level where you're talking to like cutouts illustrations from books that are like personified. As yeah. People.
1: Little illustrations of characters that have been cut out of the books. And mm-hmm. then if you go around to the back of
0: them, there's words on the back, which was a nice detail. Yeah. So it it looked really cool and it fit thematically. Um The characters that you are like interacting with as NPCs in the game are also all cutouts like that. Um So it's kind of got this interesting sort of like theme that goes through the whole thing. Um but there's just this one section where there's just like an, a, a model of the human anatomy, uh, like the musculature system. And this character, unlike the majority of these characters, actually has like dialogue trees that you can go yeah. down. I thought there was a surprising amount of them they did. Yeah. It not would, a ton. Definitely but... more than you would think. Yeah. More than are in other levels. Mm-hmm. By far, yeah. Yeah. And at one point you can just be like, does it hurt not to have any skin? And he just responds by saying, to be free of flesh is to be free of pain. And it's like, like <laughs> at this guy. They put this guy in the game essentially to make this very stupid joke. Uh and I loved that. And I felt like a lot of this level was that. It was a lot of things that didn't need to be there but were and it was great that they were.
1: Yeah, I liked the little setup and payoff if you wanna call it that mm-hmm. of like you meet like one of the first uh little paper NPCs you meet is the Lady of the Lake from Arthurian Legend. Mm-hmm. Um and she just mentions how she gave her sword to a knight fighting a dragon or whatever. Um, and then you meet that knight later on in the level, and he is fighting a dragon, but they're really just kind of, like, arguing with each other, yeah. bickering with each other. And then if you go back later, when you're trying to, like, wrap up all the collectibles, um, uh, the dragon has burned him, and he's just a
0: pile of ash. Uh-huh. Uh That was fun. Yeah. And, yeah, the fact that they were able to, to incorporate, like, a little storyline yeah. into the level... Uh, also worked really well. And it makes sense for the book-based level that it would have little stories. stories to it. Yeah, yeah, there's also like a a, uh, a
1: wizard. And Raz asks him something like, do you have any spells that let me like deal with water? Or something like that. And the wizard is just like, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> then that's all he says. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of JJ, I just feel like JJ would think that was really funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think this would be a great level to try and sell him on Psychonauts. And then he'd play the rest of the game, really. It's not anything like this. I mean, that's what he did with the first
1: one. Mm. Like, he said uh, people talking about Milkman Conspiracy made him want to check the game out. He played up to that point, and it was like, well, it definitely won't get any better than this. (laughs) He stopped playing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, really. I mean, at that point, you're already, like, over halfway through. You might as well just finish
0: it. That's true. (laughs) um but yeah other than that like cassie's cassie's collection as a level the thing that makes me love it is the visual style and the tone and the characters and stuff um as far as platforming goes, it's it's debatably one of the most expansive levels. There's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of complicated uh, like jumping sections.
1: Yeah, like they actually one thing I thought this game also did a lot better than the first one is like it continued using the power ups after you got them. Uh-huh. Uh, like it made good use of the time bubble, even though you had like just gotten that one. Um, I guess depending on what order you do, I think you can do. You can do Cassie bobs and Bob's, or, yeah. yeah, in either order. But I think I did Cassie first. Um, but yeah, even though I had just gotten it, I felt like it made, like, a good use of it in the next level, like, because it had all the closing drawers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it did that with everything else, like, lots of mental connections and things sprinkled
0: throughout. Yeah. Yeah, and it it, it incorporates a lot of, st- even, like, little ancillary stuff. Like, it's one of the few levels, um, like, mind levels that includes, uh, the rail grinding as a yeah. mechanic, which it doesn't come up to- too often. Um. A lot, of, a lot of just, like, kind of good shit, like, uh, it, it feels to me like that was the level where everything sort of culminated, uh, and it yeah. was the last level that I did before the end, so. Um, do you want to talk about Bob's Bottles? Uh, yeah, I liked this one.
1: Um, the way it was broken up, like, on the little uh, globe that yeah. you sailed around on the door uh, not the most um, engaging way to get around, but I think it worked just because it, it was different. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I like that you went into the bottles and then the levels were in there. Like, I think it's one of this, those things this game does really well is, like, non-Euclidean space or, like, uh, like that Mario Galaxy-style thing where, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you'll walk around the side of things and, like... It, it does it in a way, like, sparingly in a way that, like, it's always impactful when it happens, I think. And so, yeah, like, sliding into the bottles and there being levels in them was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, and I think all, like, each bottle section was good. And, yeah, I just I think it was really solid. But it doesn't quite stand out as much as the previous
0: two levels. Yeah, I agree. I think that, for me, I don't love Bob's level. Um one is because it 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 is it also feels very long uh especially like when you feel yeah, like I you're approaching. it. I didn't think so. In. It, it might have just been me the way that I have played it but that's fine. Um and the yeah the sailing thing is like cool in concept but then like there are all these islands that you want to go to and mm-hmm. all that's on them are like some rupees and a, maybe an npc uh some figments. um it's the a purple rupee in the chest. <laughs> yeah and you're like oh, this doesn't really feel worth it. Um to explore, uh, which was a downside.
1: It did have a really funny joke though, where you talk to Lily mm-hmm. and she has a different voice actress and like Raz asks her like, how does uh Bob know what you look like. And he's like, my dad sent him pictures. And he's like, he's never heard you speak though. Right. And she's like, how do you know uh, that was pretty good? Yeah, I agree.
0: I liked, yeah, I liked actually having those, uh, little conversations yeah, and with the <laughs> characters. Then Truman is also there and he just says, you're fired. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, huh. Pretty good. Yeah. And so that, and that's all fine. Like I didn't have too much of a, a complaint about the sailing part of it. Um, Honestly, the only thing that I didn't like about the level, but there's a lot of it, is the parts with the head that flies oh, around. Oh yeah. And my problem is twofold: is one, it's a mechanic that makes you wait, and I'm me, so I didn't yeah. like waiting. <laughs> sure. Uh, but then the other thing is that he has like ten very good barks. Oh, this. and they repeat. But yeah, but it sh- they sure happen a lot more than ten times. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You just have to reduce the frequency, and it wouldn't have gotten half as annoying. Yeah, but
1: man, that was another though. The the swinging and moving around heads felt like a good chance to use the time slowdown.
0: Right, which I saw you do, but never thought to do when I was playing. Um, I mean, honestly, if it was slower, that sounds even worse. Yeah. To me. There's a badge you can get that makes anything in your time bubble go faster instead. Interesting. Maybe I could have tried that. <laughs> Just make the platform unreasonably difficult in order to wait less. (laughs) Uh, Also, I didn't love the boss fight. I thought the boss fight was very long. Oh, yeah. And kind of a little tedious.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this should like is if there's like a TV tropes page, but for video games, that probably exists, right? Mm-hmm. And I should probably know what it's called. But like, I
0: think it's just TV. Tropes. Oh, it's just TV tropes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: it, there should be a page for this kind of boss fight because uh, there's a very similar thing in like Kingdom Hearts Three with like the Davy Jones fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I've seen it other places. Like, there's something in the middle in like you whirlpool around it. Oh, the whirlpool um,
0: boss fight would be a good name. Yeah, it. and
1: it's also uh, similar to um. God, I think it's called like. It doesn't matter. Um, but the the boss in the Spirit Temple in Twilight Princess has the big uh, skeleton in the middle, and you ride the spinner around it. And boss since... in middle, ride in circle around boss.
0: Yep. The uh, <laughs> since it was on my mind, uh, the the Cyclone Frog in Wind Waker, which oh, isn't yeah. really a boss fight. Oh, oh but... yeah,
1: Wind Waker, the big. The Colossal Squids, or whatever they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the that's also... ex- it's exactly that.
0: Yep. Got a lot of a lot of Whirlpool bosses lined mm-hmm. up for this example. <laughs> a lot of times we'll be like, this happens all the time. And we won't be able to think it. Anyway. Yeah, just be like, but just trust us. <laughs> this time, we came prepared. Citation not needed. Citation. C- yeah, Um But yeah, that would be it. And honestly, like I didn't... I wasn't in love with boss fights overall in this game. Um, Definitely a step up from the first one, I thought. I was going to say this is the one area where I felt oh, like really? it was a step down. I Gosh. feel like there were a lot of memorable bosses in
1: the first uh, one. See, in, I just, uh, once again, re-listened to the first episode. Uh-huh. Um, the episode we did on the first game today. And uh, <laughs> that was like one of the things we talked about. Is We were like, all the boss fights are bad. <laughs> uh, except for Linda. Yeah.
0: Basically. It's what we said. (laughs) The Linda boss fight was good. I I remember liking uh, Coach Oleander's fight. Mm, Not the tank one. (laughs) We don't actually talk about
1: that. Okay. I believe it. I think the final boss is something that you say you also don't like, but maybe for different reasons. Well, I don't mean the final boss. Oh. Which
0: I don't like. It's it's got a lot
1: of. Oh, the superhero one? Yeah. Yeah, those are the two we call out. Linda. And uh the superhero Oleander fight.
0: Alright, so maybe it was just those two. Yeah. Oh, because there's also the drawing tank one. That's yeah, like that one sucks. Not the final boss, but the final boss is similar. And those are both bad. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe Psychonauts <laughs> is just a, a game series that doesn't do bosses yeah, very I well. Mean, we've had this discussion plenty of times, but
1: like bosses are hard to do in platformers. hmm Um and like in the mario series um a lot of the 3d ones anyway have like a history of like having a couple at the beginning and then just throwing their hands up at it (laughs) um but so yeah it must just be really difficult to develop for uh because it happens so often that they're just like okay at best
0: yeah yeah, I don't think that
1: we've talked about a platformer on the podcast where we really praise the bosses. Yeah, the only one I can think of is Mario Galaxy.
0: Mm-hmm. It has good bosses. So we need to crack that code. <laughs> you would think that this game would work better because it has so many combat abilities. Yeah, and it's actually, yeah, the combat system's pretty solid in this one. Yeah. But then they have bosses where you walk around and they throw things at you and you throw the things back at them. Yeah. Uh, and then a, War- a whirlpool boss, and that's <laughs> it. I actually, the final boss of this game, which I guess we'll get to momentarily, yeah, isn't the worst thing, but it's, I think, I only think that because it's like the only time that I ever lost all of my health. Oh, yeah, I didn't die. Because I had dream fluffs, mm. but I did run out of health once. See,
1: I actually thought it, it, the final boss was
0: pretty easy. <laughs> and kind of almost felt like a victory lap boss. <laughs> well, I mean, none of them were hard.
2: True, uh, true, You
0: could debate that the one in Bob's bottles is hard because you just have to keep yeah. your eye out for a lot of I things. I actually I had some
1: trouble with um, the one in the cook-off. Because oh, yeah. it was just vomiting shit. Like There were so many... It was like the... Damage zones, yeah. Because the vomit would hurt you. That annoyed me. Yeah, I died to that one.
0: Well, and like the the first boss, yes, the Hollis's Hot Streak boss. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the big robot is like basically the same boss. Like yeah. they just throw like some towers down for to you to stand on. That one
2: then...
0: was
1: easier to deal with though, because like the just the levitation bubble would protect you from electricity. Yeah, so it wasn't hard to avoid. That one felt... That one I liked because it felt very set PC. Like, it had the other characters involved and... Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of what I liked about the final boss... Yeah, that this was game fun, game, because yeah, the characters yeah. actually came back and did stuff. Um... But yeah, I think that's just going to be our bit on bosses. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's a definitely mixed bag. Yeah, definitely mostly s- not great. Yeah, definitely a step up from the first one, but still not very good. It's like a mixed bag of Halloween candy, but like the old-timey kind where really there's like one good Halloween It's like the There's like a strawberry flavored thing. <laughs> yeah, like a strawberry chew is like the good one, and then everything <laughs> else is like hard toffee. <laughs> There's, like, candies that come in, in like, a, a clear cellophane wrap. Yeah. That no one knows what My they are. Butterscotch something. Sometimes. Other times <laughs> yeah. they taste, like, cough syrup, and it's like a fucking coin toss. Yeah. That's the bosses. Yeah, that's the bosses in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, so then you go into an incredibly long string of levels right at the end, where you do... The are you? I, maybe it... you just flew through these. No,
1: I mean, I don't. I feel like it's two levels that are both just long.
0: Yeah, but not,
1: then... uh, not a long string of levels, implying that there's a bunch of them.
0: Well, it's those two levels that are long. Yeah, and then you you commence the end game, and then it is. Oh, I'm just talking about um.
1: Maligula, whatever her real name is. You yeah. do her level, and then you
0: do Nick's, and that's it. Well, you do, Ni- you do Nick Maligula. Nick? Nona. Nona? Nona's her
1: name. Yeah, Nona's first, and then yeah, it's Nick. Yeah,
0: Nona, Nick, Maligula. Because you the final well, boss yeah. after you do... But
1: is that even a?
0: Should be in front of the mic. <laughs> uh, but is Maligula's just a boss fight, though, isn't it? Sure, but... It comes right after, uh, to me, like the, one of the longest and debatably least engaging levels in the game. Even though I really like the look of it, mm-hmm. which is Nick's level, known as level, which is like it's a it's pretty short. It's a short level that has like a lot of sort of. This is also not. I didn't count this as being like one of my less preferred levels, mm-hmm. but. It really isn't that engaging. It has a good look. It has a Yoshi's Wooly yeah, World. It's it's just like a story thing. Yeah. But for the most, but it is like, it feels like they were like, we can't just have them walk through here. So just like fight 10 guys. Yeah. Here's some figments. Yeah.
1: And you're like, uh, okay, I guess. Here's all the emotional
0: baggage at the end. At the end in a big pile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you do do the final boss. But I I started this like escapade and was like oh the last level of this game probably will take more than like an hour or something uh... and it was like three hours before i was finished <laughs> i was like jesus like this it felt like it went on for so long uh unexpectedly um mm. uh, and i mean part of that is definitely that there's like some interstitial stuff that happens between them but yeah yeah so how did you feel about Gerlo- Gerlovia? Uh, you mean
1: like the narrative revelations, or yeah, you mean, or do you mean Nick's
0: level? Well, let's do them both, because Nick's level is mostly narrative revelations. Yeah. Um.
1: Uh, I guess uh, it's hard to put my my it, my feelings into words because I feel like the first game didn't really have much story to it. It was more just like kind of classic video game. Uh it leaned on its characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is kind of similar. Uh, it, it does focuses on the characters and like what's going on with them. And then at the end, you get more into this story about how really it's with Ford. Like once you put his mind back together, when so the ball really gets rolling. Mm-hmm. The levitation ball gets rolling. The giant bowling ball gets yeah. rolling. And, uh, you you find out that there is a big bad guy, or woman, uh, named Maligula that the Psychonauts all fought back in the day, and it basically just kind of left them all in shambles. <laughs> um, and that Ford went inside her mind and made her forget who she was, and... Uh, disguised her as Raz's grandma right. because she had killed his grandparents mm-hmm. and orphaned his dad so he put them both together as family and that's the twist is that your grandma is the bad guy the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh And I think it works well enough. It's kind of a lot that's laid out pretty quick would be my only thing about it that feels kind of sloppy but it, I think it mostly works.
0: Yeah. The connection between you and Lucretia... Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. Lucy, yeah. Yeah. Is... It's a little bit... Uh, Palpatine is your grandfather to me. Sure. But I think I'm just primed for that because Palpatine was my grandfather. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Valmart was my data, But, um and you're half dracula (laughs) also i'm half dracula uh happy halloween everybody um (laughs) but uh the it it didn't that didn't phase me necessarily Mm -hmm. it's a cliche a bit yeah but i think everything else i really liked the unfolding of ford story with lucy yeah
1: yeah yeah like the getting the backstory of all the psychonauts was cool Mm -hmm. like if you would have asked me going into the game like if i would have thought that that would have been like a good direction to take the story i probably would have said no Mm -hmm. i don't think that would be what's interesting about the
0: world of psychonauts (laughs) but it proved they proved me wrong Mm -hmm. so what i want to know uh, is did you see the Nick John Smith twist coming? Oh, not even a little bit. Me neither. And I can't tell if it's because they just didn't set it up specifically <laughs> so that you wouldn't get it, or if like they just it was a real good twist. Uh,
1: I think it sits a little in the middle. Uh, there is setup for mm-hmm. it because like they set up the whole thing about the mole, and then the fact that like Nick's brain's gone missing, and they they do they manage to. Do the magic trick of the twist, where like you don't think of, it. you just forget that detail, uh-huh, so there is some setup, but it is pretty loose um but yeah, no, I think it is pretty solid- it's a solid twist, I'll say it yeah. gets a, it's a it gets a b <laughs> uh
0: yeah, and that's and that sets up sort of like the whole aesthetic decision for Nick's level, which ends up being this like. Fucking! It's a small world after all. Ride. Yeah, I
1: I loved that. Yeah, I did that, too.
0: Yeah, that the, the the level was a dark ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that was super great. I I didn't. I don't love the decision to make it appear like. Cut scene? Yeah, to just make you ride through it. Yeah, without I, making it a cutscene, yeah, you know? I knew
1: that you would hate that, <laughs> but you were totally justified, because it was annoying.
0: Yeah. Like, I wish that it had just been... I mean, if they made it a Buzz Lightyear ride... Uh, you should have been able to, like, at least, like, shoot. Yeah. Like, if you could do anything, that would be preferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder if that was maybe just too complicated to fucking deal with. Yeah,
1: you could make it like a shootie, like Men in Black or Buzz Lightyear yeah. Ride, where yeah. you shoot targets.
2: That would be kind of cool. That would have been fun, yeah. You know? And, like, you, should, and like... you get a score at the end.
1: Because <laughs> they do the thing where they takes your picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not give you a
0: score at the end? Exactly. That would be fun. But that's really the only thing, because like... Honestly, like, it's an incredibly memorable level. Mechanically, it isn't much of anything. Um, no, I feel it, I feel like it worked for me, though. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't, it really, does, I don't yeah.
1: really have a good reason why, though. <laughs> like, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like I liked it anyway. Mm. A touch that I really liked, um, and it's just like a little Easter egg, is that all the kids from the first game are figments,
0: yeah, in the camp part. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. I also like that you can... you When you walk towards the cabin, they shrink. You get smaller. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I was looking forever to find whatever is in one of the cabins. And then I was like, all right, yeah, minds We're in a brain. Yeah, Like, it, it gives <laughs> such a good impression of, like, a dark ride that I... Like had we just, forgot. I separated it completely from it also being like uh, one of the brain levels. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it,
1: it it isn't cool that Elijah Wood is gets to play the villain. Yes, he does a good or, job. Like one of the villains.
0: It, it it was weird because he very much kind of just uses his Elijah Wood. Oh voice. yeah, it's just his regular voice.
1: <laughs> it, that, I think that might also be part of what makes you not see the twist coming. Mm. Is because like. I had this thought like as you brought up at the very like beginning of the the cast, Elijah Wood did a voice in Broken Age and I think is now just friends with Tim Schafer or whatever, <laughs> at least on good terms with him. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was thinking like is Elijah Wood going to do a voice in this uh, and as well as Jack Black? Like I didn't know. I didn't look into it. Right. Um. And the, they do both do voices. So like when he shows like Elijah Wood just shows up as like the joke John Smith <laughs> character who has his head in a vice or whatever he's doing. <laughs> Uh, cause he has his brain taken out. I was like, oh, okay. Like Elijah Wood is probably a busy actor. They got him in to do like this joke bit part mm-hmm. and that's it. And then he ends up being the villain and it,
0: yeah, it made the twist hit harder for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And everything sort of like worked out. I, I, I don't know if we necessarily want to go over anything particular in the last level of the game or in the previous level of the game in Nona's level. Uh, cause there oh, isn't, I'm glad that you just said that because I just wanted
1: to make a dumb joke. Uh, that's just for you and not for Daniel at all. Oh, good. Uh, but I had another, <laughs> we've been taking, I guess this requires some setup if I'm going to say it, but, uh, I, I made a comment to you however long ago it was now, like a year or so that I've been keeping a tally of all the times. I feel like I'm a brain in a vat. Mm. Um, and well, i had a recent thing with that because you just started uh sewing some patches onto a jacket and yeah. you brought up uh the fact that all pin cushions are the little tomato and in nona's level the little tomato pin cushions are a little bouncy thing to bounce on for uh to collect collectibles and also this morning i worked on an ad for a uh like a mending company that somebody had uh-huh. and they had some clip art of one of those tomato <laughs> pin cushions on it and it's like you just mentioned it like three days ago mm-hmm. and i've seen it every day since yeah and you so were like that's another tally
0: because i was like have you noticed that all of these pin cushions are always and i hadn't you're like no i didn't i notice. had not
1: <laughs> and but now i do mm-hmm. uh so, but yeah. it also thematic to psychonauts brain and a vet exactly so I just wanted to bring that up, since <laughs> you mentioned Nona's level. Uh, yeah,
0: that is true.
1: Uh, so <laughs> but I, other than that, I don't really have anything to say about it.
0: Yeah. So let's just let's just kind of wrap up and and get sort of like the continuation, the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> having um, not only Elijah is playing the villain. But they've, they've sort of like, I don't, I'm sure that this was mentioned at some point in Psychonauts, but I do not remember it. But this nation of Grulovi, Yeah,
1: I think it's, it's, Raz's backstory is a lot less talked about. Like, I do think it comes up. Yeah. And it, 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 it feels weird, the decision to make it so disconnected, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, Raz's dad ends up being, like, a part of the final boss in the first one. And then in this one, his family's also really important. But they have, like, no screen time. Yeah. <laughs> just I, weird. But they, anyway. They do
0: have a lot more <laughs> screen time than in the first game. Yeah. But, which was none. Yeah, but. which is zero screen time. Um, But, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting sort of, like... Uh, choice, I guess. Like, they had this one connection, and they expanded it into this whole backstory of this country that's, like, in uh fucking shambles mm-hmm. and is led by, like, a horrible despot, and it's uh, it's I found the level so funny that I was really into this whole backstory and shit. Yeah, I it think it works. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is that's sort of the conclusion of the story. Everybody ends up pretty chill with everyone, and they put uh Nick John Smith in a uh in the psycho isolation chamber, right? Uh, the Finn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and it it does kind of have this like generational kind of theme to it. Um, with like Ford and and Raz and Lily and her dad and all that stuff. Uh it it does feel like it puts a nice little bow on that like you get to like put the past right, you know. Mhm. It 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 yeah, like kind of cliche, corny stuff, but like executed pretty well. Like it works.
0: Yeah. Oh, speaking of this actually, this not only I'm going to edit all this silence out, everyone. But the before this, we got distracted by a bug, uh-huh. and then an arachnid, an arach, sorry, an arachnid, and then he's right there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and are now coming back, but then also this next thing I'm gonna say is a big non sequitur. But speaking of things that were obviously set up as uh, tells for Nick John Smith being the villain. Mm. Is his name being Nick John Smith, which isn't his real name. It's a it's a name he came up with that is just nonsense. Yeah, It's an obvious fake name. Yeah. Uh, And I love that they just put it in unflinchingly. Oh,
1: yeah, because it it it's Tim Schaefer, I assume, leaning into like leveraging his style as a strength Mm -hmm. because he knew he could do something that blatant and no (laughs) one would question it because he would totally just do that. Yep, uh, and that worked super good. Yep, I was none the wiser.
0: What are your uh, what are your other notes? Or did we get them all? Uh,
1: I I wanted to bring up um, the figments because mm-hmm. um, I feel like the first game, and I kind of briefly mentioned this, is like it's of a different era. It's more like maybe not quite old school hard, but like old school hard by like today's standards for sure. Um, there were parts of it that I remember feeling like you kind of had to beat your head against or like the idea of getting all of the figments in like Mila's level, uh, sounded just awful. Yeah. Um, but in this one, uh, collecting the figments, it still has the same problem where they're two dimensional and that's, I, it's baffling to me. (laughs) Um, but I guess they couldn't change it at this point. Mm. But, um, It felt so much more accessible to collect all the stuff in this one, uh, so much so that I actually did it.
0: Hey.
1: Yay, go me. Um, But yeah, I just thought that was like, they felt like they maintained their reputation of like being hard to collect them all, but did a great job of updating it to like our modern standards and it
0: felt like so so much more doable. Yeah. There was an update uh, that came through last week. At the time of recording, yeah, um, that put a little check mark next to any areas where you got everything in them, mm-hmm. and I did. I want to say eighty percent of the collecting before that oh, feature man. was implemented. Uh, when I came back and they had implemented that, I had they... I think two levels oh, left. Yeah. That was like a godsend for me. I didn't yeah. know that was an added. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare to To try and find like the last like, if you did Sky King Sensatorium right, uh-uh. it's got like two hundred and ninety whatever. Yeah, it's figments. got a lot of them. And if you were missing three, good fucking luck finding them. <laughs> yeah. Um. For for me, I feel like the hardest level was the Cassie's Library. That one, I actually got. I I was missing one figment oh, when I well. went back to it. Um. For me, it was Bob's Bottles. It was... Yeah, that one had some tricky ones. Yeah. And the the points, like your teleport points, were really far apart, so it was hard to tell where in the level the figment would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, when you... Because you actually have this experience this time, I rarely get to connect with you on a getting all the dumb collectibles (laughs) level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is always, maybe not always, it is most of the time, like, oh, where's the last figment? Right there. It's just, like, a dumb one that you somehow overlooked. That
1: happened to me at least twice. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a figment right at the beginning of the level.
0: I had one... And
1: I thought that I had, like, looked around for it and, like, somehow just completely overlooked
0: it. And once again, probably because they're 2D... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the one, the last one that I picked up in Bob's bottles, and actually, there's a notorious figment in Bob's bottles that is a banana. Yep, <laughs> that was. It wasn't the last one I got, but uh-huh. it was
1: one of the like the last five because like that was dastardly. Because was another one in a tree that
0: was a coconut that I also hadn't gotten. I was like, that's dastardly. Yeah, the it's it's pretty well hidden, but I actually did get that one. The, the last one that I I got was just one of the like. I don't know what these are called. Cattails, Like the little swamp plants oh, with yeah. the big thing on the yeah. end? Uh, that was just on a lily pad that I had to have jumped on. Oh yeah. And not only did I have to jump on it, but I had to have jumped on it like two or three additional times <laughs> while searching the level for it. Uh, this, the figments are kind of a nightmare, but it's like... They have more of a
1: particle effect in this one that makes them easier to see, but it's still... Pretty questionable. Like, the last one I got in Hollis's Hot Streak, yeah, that was the one. Mm. Is, it was just
0: white, and, like, I could clearly see it. a big and seven. Just didn't know it was a figment. Yep. I remember that one. I also yeah. missed that on my first one yeah. go and through that, as well.
1: I actually, they in that uh, Quality of Light uh, patch, they implemented a camera filter that lets you see the figments. Mm-hmm. But I actually ended up not needing it. Uh like I remember like using it a few times and just being in a room where there weren't
0: any and then moving on <laughs> yeah. and then just finding them on my own so the one level where that was useful to me was again Bob's bottles because it, you could look out basically out of the horizon yeah. and find the islands that had like little plant ones that obviously I missed. some little grass yeah um but on the flip side big improvement in this game is uh the Titantanium mm. replacing psychic arrowheads potentially yeah. for racial sensitivity reasons <laughs> yeah um or just it's no longer in a camp and therefore it is no longer thematic um the fucking dowsing rod is burning in hell where it <laughs> belongs yeah
1: that's um definitely one of those other places where it feels like old school is. It's not something that all games did, but games definitely did in that era where they just put up roadblocks where they're like, you have to engage with the game this much to proceed. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, yeah, just not something you really see anymore. And that's a particularly egregious example, yeah. at least <laughs> that I can think of.
0: Yeah. like uh, Go get 800 of these things. <laughs> using the worst minigame in the game. Uh, But that's pretty much it. Like... We were talking about collectibles, like the pins, like I got all the pins and most of them were like, I already mentioned this a bit. Yeah. There's like some that are fun and I really liked the fun ones, but having them limit you to only having three, they were so limited. I felt like you should be able to equip a lot more, Uh, especially since if you're me, you're always going to have the magnet one on. Mm. Um, If a magnet thing is offered in a game, I will be using it. (laughs) Yeah, they felt the pins felt a little bit too much like fluff to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Like and guess, the dream
0: fluffs felt yeah. <laughs> like fluff as well.
1: Because like I know that you engaged with them, but like they made me buy one in the tutorial, and it was the only one I had for like most <laughs> of the game. Um, and I was trying to think of why that was. Because and so I was thinking about like Hollow Knight, which has like a charm system, which is basically the same idea. Yeah. And but it feels like more core to the gameplay in that whereas the pins just kind of feel like cherries on top a lot of them are just cosmetic yeah so i didn't really engage with them but i did end up with like the magnet one by the end and the i found out why i didn't buy the bigger wallet when i thought that i had looked for it was Mm -hmm. there's the item right next to it uh like that holds more dream fluff is called like the something, something like wallet or something, something pocket. And I bought that instead of the wallet upgrade. Uh, And then because I'm me and wasn't buying pins, uh, I just didn't notice that I had bought the wrong thing for like (laughs) 10 hours of gameplay. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. And the money was like, like I, because yeah, like I bought the cores to like level up my rank, and right. those weren't ever really. They were like twenty five. Titanium. Yeah, there's
0: like no. If you aren't buying pins, there's like literally no reason yeah. to ever spend money. Because like
1: I, I had like a hundred titanium, just for the whole game forever. Yeah, yeah.
0: until like two thirds of the way in. Hey, but at least you didn't have to get that hundred titanium by fucking breaking your thumb <laughs> on the triangle button. True that. <laughs> or googling the exact spot to stand so you didn't have to
1: <laughs> to push the button so fast
0: do we have figment thoughts
1: my figment thoughts are uh this game is really great um you know because i just played the f- the first one all the way through for the first time, like two years ago. So, this isn't like a nostalgic favorite I've been waiting for a sequel for forever. <laughs> um, but I, I really remember hearing about the sequel and being excited about it because um, it, it seems like the kind of game that really deserved a second chance at life. And I'm glad that it got that and that it turned out this well. Um, I, I, one thing I brought up on the first episode um, was this thing that I call the double fine problem where I feel like a lot of their games start out really strong and then felt like they ran out of money <laughs> um, and I was, and I said I hope that the Microsoft buyout alleviates that and it seems like it definitely did. This game is much more even quality throughout uh, than pretty much any of their other games that I can really think of. So hell yeah. Uh, I, I've <laughs> grown a lot of respect for Microsoft for like funding uh the myriad of different studios that they've purchased so I hope keep that up um but yeah this game i mean i i think it is like a a great modern update of the first one uh it 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 feels th- like Psychonauts 2 feels is good to play as like, I feel like you remember the first one feeling right. I feel like that's gotta be a really hard thing to do Mm -hmm. um, to like update. Like he, Raz feels the same to control as I remember him controlling. So I think they did a great job with that and not just with like gameplay, but also with the story, like the tone feels pretty much the same. It has lost a little bit of edge, a little bit of that, like early two thousands, uh, angst, I guess that they had while working on the first one. Um, Mm -hmm but uh i think that's arguably like mostly to its benefit um yeah this was just really great to play it was like a nice surprise like i didn't expect it to be as good as it is um so yeah really glad that this happened like a big like a game revival success story i think like it's just a really good sequel and thoroughly enjoyed it
0: yeah uh, if somebody had asked me what I wanted out of Psychonauts 2, I would have told them, I fucking know, because uh, I don't. And to this day, I still don't know what it is that I want from a Psychonauts game. What I got from Psychonauts 2 was a lot more similar to Psychonauts 1 than I would have expected. And arguably, that's probably the best thing about it, is it's a game that knows what it is, and it knows what its fans want, and it turned out something that was fucking good like it's just an improved version of the first game and while some of the levels lack the really jarring creativity that was in the first game like the stuff that you would get dropped into and go oh fuck like this is what we're doing today like that kind of got sucked out but maybe that's just experience with the game speaking um but a lot of the stuff in this game is is just very solidly designed. Um, Psychonauts 1 is like a classic 8.5 out of 10 kind of game uh, where anyone who like anyone who has experience with video games who plays it for the first time most likely is going to be like, this is a solidly designed platform. They'd probably say this is also pretty funny as well. Yeah. I liked the jokes. Uh, Psychonauts 2 feels like it hits that same balance but in both instances, the games are just so far in my like t- realm of taste that I've just really enjoyed both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend I would recommend Psychonauts two to people who have played Psychonauts one, and to people who have not played Psychonauts. Yeah, 1. you like, definitely don't need to have played Psychonauts one. Yeah, I think it is just genuinely a very good, especially if you're like an Xbox owner and the big game. That like is selling your console is a first person shooter and there's sort of an identity around that brand this is a this is a really good platformer that is not only uh like available on the Xbox it is also like a an xbox branded thing like yeah, like you mentioned about like the Xbox game studio's funding like it really does mean something mm-hmm yeah, I'd put this up
1: there with, like, Mario Odyssey is like, one of the most accessible platformers that I feel like people who usually don't play them would like this.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking <laughs> about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Why did we wait so long to talk about it? You'll find out. (laughs) This will be a fun one. And I guess it's probably worth mentioning that we will be talking predominantly about the 3D re-release on the 3DS. Yeah, that's what we'll both be playing. Um, I
1: don't have a 3DS capture card, so if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know where I'm going to source the footage from. The footage will probably be from the original game yeah that makes sense if
0: that'll annoy you i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) uh but until that time you can get a hold of us all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro uh there you can find our email address our twitter account link to the discord where we talk about the games or you can find our youtube channel where you can watch all of our old episodes um including Psychonauts. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, uh, we've also talked about, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, technically, we talked about Broken Age, but that's... a Yeah. 3D World we did recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do actually kind of a lot of platformers. We get unshackled
1: from yeah. JJ. And... <laughs> we, we, di- we don't have a lot of them in the catalog because of JJ for so long, mm-hmm. but we've been doing them. We've been making up for lost time. We sure have.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, check those out and buy the subscriber <laughs> pin just so that you can identify as a no clip subscriber <laughs> to all your friends by the comment pocket
1: upgrade so you can post more comments in the comment section. Use Cyblast to
0: ring that bell. Yep, uh, that's it. Yep, alright. Ground pound <laughs> that like button. Whatever. Uh. Oh, no. oh. oh, it's Psychonauts that we're talking
2: about
0: today. Oh,
1: shit. I thought
0: we were talking about
2: Coconauts. <laughs> That <laughs> we were talking about Cocoa puffs. <laughs>